0: This is Edwin Reese with my very first Aussie Pets podcast. It's a bit of a twist today as well, as not only is it my first time, I'm actually going to get somebody else to come in. I'm going to get a very good friend of mine, Catherine from Wild Dynamics, to come on and ask me questions. So you get to know a bit about me. Before I start the bring the guests, Catherine McMahon from Wild Dynamics. Catherine, the stage is yours. Let's do it. Thank
1: you so much, Edwin. I feel so blessed to have be on your first podcast. So exciting, and this is such a great progression for you with everything that you do, bringing together your love of pets and being able to share the information that you've learned. And I really can't wait to see just the uh, the the information and the sharing and all the expertise that your listeners will get uh, from this from this podcast. And the visuals I get through from the show. So Edwin, you're a rock star guy. I admire you everywhere. You do so much for every person as well as every pet. And you have always the most interesting stories. It's never a dull moment when, when I get on the phone with you, but, <laughs> but please share, share with your listeners. Uh, the, what, what kind of pets and what are what have animals been in your life, both personally and then professionally?
0: I'm from far north Queensland. Although I wish I was there right now, in the middle of the uh, pandemic, I'd uh, pick up a stray cat and get it looked after and nursed and vetted. Uh, I even had a a pet rat. I can remember a pet rat. I must have been probably about seven or eight. As I got older, I got bigger and bigger pets. I got uh, dogs on the farm bit out of me being a little bit lazy, I actually taught the dogs to herd cattle and then I'd whistle them out and um, get the cattle to come in because uh, on the small farm we had um, all of the animals that gave us milk and, and a lot of food. So uh, I just love pets, you know, uh, as you know, I love pets. I came to Melbourne probably about 27 years ago and, and I love Melbourne. And I, and I came here and I saw there's just so many different dogs. There's um, so many different types of animals, not just dogs, there's just cats. People have got ferrets, got bitten on, a, on the foot by a ferret in Plenty Road. There's a story for you I haven't told you. Yeah, so I've, I've just loved animals, been around them all my life. I saw the opportunity to, to get in and um, learn more about other people's pets uh, and see if I can make a bit of a difference while I'm here.
1: Beautiful. So what are some of the, the earliest memories of you with your pets up in Queensland? I know you've mentioned about um, getting them to do the work for you and that's smart, but what about that closeness and connection with you and your pets?
0: I like to engage them as part of the family. I, I don't like pets to feel that they're anything less than a, a, you know, a, a being that I want to share my life and time with. I had uh, showed dogs in Queensland as well. And so we'd pretty much get off pack up my Mazda 626 and a custom-made dog trailer and drive around Queensland showing dogs on the weekend. I had a pet rabbit here, Binky. Uh, the only issue is that Binky thumped a lot at night. My housemate doesn't like thumping rabbits, which is, can be disturbing at three o'clock in the morning. And a, a rabbit will thump when they're alert or alarmed. Pretty close to pets. Um, even with my rabbit, I rush home to say hello to him and make sure that he knows that I, I'm here and he's, he's acknowledged every day. And in the morning, I actually, say see you later. So, and I'd like to encourage people to think about holistically how they deal with pets. The, the pets, not just something you just go and pat it on the head and say nice pet, see you later, and pull it out um, when your friends come around, or worse, still lock it away when your friends come around. It should be something that I, that I feel is close to your family, but in a, in their own place.
1: Yeah, sure, that's really great, and so. Tell people about how your professional work that you do now.
0: I came to Melbourne and I was a printer. And as a printer, I had a um, chemical reaction with the, the chemicals in my hand and they bled. So I went to the doctor and the doctor said, you have to find something else to do. Uh, to cut a long story short, I ended up working in councils. So where I ended up um, in rangering, is, I think that's what you were asking, is how I got up to my current position.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And what, you know, day-to-day, I know this changes a lot. What does that usually, uh, you know, look like for you?
0: Doing rangering work, which is probably a, about a quarter day-to-day role. Doing rangering alternately probably once a month or so for a week after hours. My daily work would be um, responding to dog attacks Uh, In the current situation with so many people getting pets um, which possibly aren't very well matched to them and not being able to have that skill set to be able to know, look at a a dog and say, is this dog suitable for me? How do I educate a dog? You know, How do I give it the best life and make sure it doesn't do the wrong thing? People get pets that aren't suitable. And so I'm dealing with people that have made bad choices. It's the humans I try to train and, and stop them from doing the wrong thing. That's what I deal with day-to-day is mainly cats and dogs. And occasionally we have a bit of fun. We have somebody trying to keep a sheep because they want to save money on mowers. Uh, We have people that try and keep horses on residential properties, alpacas, uh, ducks, rainbow lorikeets, cockatoos, budgies. Uh, The only good news for me is that we don't have to deal with snakes, but we do get called out to them, but I don't have to deal with snakes. Not here.
1: Oh, that's great. (laughs) And so with your current role and the challenges, what motivated you to help others by starting the Aussie Pets podcast?
0: I've had over 90 dog attacks. All of these dog attacks, every single one, could have been completely avoided. There would be no hospitalisation, no people not being able to walk anymore, no kids getting bitten on the face or worse. That really motivated me to look at what the issues are. The issues are quite simple. Education and knowledge. Yeah, so I thought to myself, I think that I've got an opportunity with the knowledge that I have to talk to people, to deal with people who are experts, university educated, or incredibly experienced people, or gifted people. And I'm going to have people come on here. They said they'll come on here and, and share that. Just hit the button, subscribe. You'll be able to get up to date information by experts in the field, incredible range of, of people.
1: Such a beautiful thing you're doing just from such a pure place of wanting to look after the pets and making sure they're in the most uh, happy and content environment, whilst also making sure that people have access to that information and knowledge because it can be overwhelming. Uh, yeah, let's, and going to a vet or your information and tools that you use and people that you go to and what they suggest to ask uh, when you're looking for these services.
0: I think that'll be um, a real game changer. I'm hoping it's going to be a game changer for thousands of people. Do I want that pet? Can I control it? What happens when I want to go for a month over in Bali? What's that going to do psychologically to my pet? You know, if I'm 25 and footloose, and fancy free traveling around the country and the world, can I just go away and come back and see my pet in four years? Is that good? Is that... Or do I just go and get something? Maybe I'll get a rabbit, you know? A rabbit might live for seven years or five or seven years. Or do I go and get a cockatoo, which could live longer than me? If I get a baby cock or two now, it might lift to 60. Um, I'm just hoping I can change, make a little bit of a difference. Uh, I'm just asking people, you know, please get more knowledge. And if you've got a problem, if you've got a barking dog, barking dogs cause a lot of emotion. The number one issue for most rangers. And if you get the puppy and you train the puppy, if you get the kitten and train the kitten, if you get your alpaca and train your alpaca from the little tiny... Old packerlets, or little kitty caddies or little puppy dog they know what the boundaries are and they know how to react doing that we can save so much stress barking dogs they keep people up at night it's okay for me because i don't live next door to a barking dog but if somebody does live next door to a barking dog i've got the solution go and subscribe come to my podcast aussie pets podcast and we'll have experts on barking dogs but i'll have uh, probably bring in some bets I'm um, bringing some annual annual behaviorists and bring in one of the leading people in Australia to give you some information on what to do when you get a puppy and before you get the puppy.
1: And what do you think about the age old saying is you can't tra- an old dog?
0: Uh, I'm not an expert on training old dogs. Cause I've always got um, dogs from puppies. I've always found a dog, which is suitable to my personality and I've always trained them. And the dogs had no confusion about the boundaries and the limits. I do know that if you've got a dog that's two years old or three years old and it's starting to exhibit issues, you can train it. You can teach it. The only way you can do that and understanding that pets aren't people. Pets are animals. They've got their own emotions and their own responses. And if we can understand that, we can bring them into the human world and teach them where their place is, where they're safe. Yeah
1: yeah beautiful and I like that it's doing it with everybody that is a part of that animal's life as. and so why Aussie pets
0: but I wanted people to feel that if they had a pet anywhere in Australia that I can help them I want you to be able to feel comfortable with actually educating yourself about your pet so I also wanted to bring people in who've got exotic animals I know people have got exotic birds um, I know people that have got um, very unusual animals as well Uh, unusual dogs, unusual cats, bring them in as well. I like hairless cats. They're cool. I like hairless dogs as well. don't know what that says about me. But um, basically I want Aussie pets to be something that anybody who's in Australia can feel is great to have. It's great to have a pet in your life. And it's, it's a great thing that we've got the choice to have in Australia where we can have pets, you know, where we have got the space to have pets.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. How many different, um, kinds of people are engaged within the pet industry in Australia?
0: Well, the the pet industry is actually massive. I mean, people love their pets. I'd say there'd be a cast of hundreds of different um, actual occupations, but the main ones that people who I know all relate to animal welfare or, um, you know, dealing with animals and pets that I've had. So it's outside of the vets. I'm I'm going to have vets as well talking. But outside of vets, we've got um, people who do pet massage, people who do pet portraits. I actually do pet portraits. We have people that do pet drawings. We have people that do pet walking, pet sitting, pet minding, pet talking. We have pet whisperers. We have pet trainers, dog trainers. We have um, agility trainers. We have obedience um, training. We have um, puppy training, puppy schools. We have factories which make pet food. And what's the right pet food for your pet? Maybe if your pet's got a good tummy, it's going to be a good doggy, you know? So, so those people are actually very interesting people. And they, they serve as frontline for Australia, protecting us from other things. But they actually integrate dogs into their system, into their daily role, to do specific tasks, which are quite mind-blowing when you think about it. We've got dogs in the military. We've got dogs in the police force. We've got dogs that look for people that are lost. You know, we've got people that have trained dogs to look, um, look for people in the snow. We've got dogs that mind sheep. We've got dogs for minding penguins, you know, marimas. But then you go into the cats, which is another world. We've got cats with hair, cats with short hair, medium hair, long hair, crazy hair. You know, some of them, they go to pet groomers. That's another occupation, you know, pet groomers. People that go and um, groom your pet. People that massage your pet. uh, People who do like pet chiropractic or pet physio. People that do... um, Uh, assessments psychological assessments what
1: does that involve the psychologists and psychiatrists for pets
0: well there's issues um which you can't just properly train out of them so the the pets actually have may have to get medicated but some of them can actually be uh, taken to a person who knows their, their field and industry of which i'm not an expert at all but i do know that people have taken them to somebody who's got a very good understanding of psychology of pets and that person is able to analyze and diagnose and give the pet a different life and give the family a different pet, you know, by understanding how, how the animal thinks and how to assimilate that animal into human life. Yeah, You've also got people who deal with dogs with problems like biting people, for example, or wheel chasers. We all, we all know the old wheel chasers. They occasionally they get wheels disease, which is a pretty final solution for the dog. And these people can actually understand what's triggering and they look at it and they change it. And then if you find the problem, educate yourself with knowledge and the person's able to help to train the people to also change their reaction and the dog's interaction, you can actually have a wonderful pet.
1: Yeah, that's excellent to know and it's a whole new industry and a world that that yeah i've only realized exists since i met you that there was these you know, incredible incredible people that could understand pets on a completely different level and that pets do just sometimes have psychological challenges that they need help with
0: and physical animals. That yeah. if you treat them they can have a comfortable life
1: How do you
0: match a pet to a person? Well, I I don't because I don't sell the pets. I don't sell any pets. But the people that sell pets are usually breeders. I always recommend going to a quality breeder and we'll have quality breeders to talk and tell you why and what's good about their, their cats or their dogs or their birds. So when you're matching a person to the pet, you have to make sure that the person's expectations are in line with what the pet is going to do. There's always an expectation that people can deal with an exotic or a sort of a tough image-like dog. They really need to go and talk to somebody before they buy the pet. So to match a person with the pet, you need to talk to an expert before you get your cash out and spend your two, three thousand, five thousand dollars. Go and spend a little bit of money. They can bark like crazy. Some of them can be neurotic, you know. So if you don't want that, you might want to go for a really big dog great Dane who's very aloof and confident. So I reckon that before people go and get pets, very good question, Catherine, spend a little bit of time or money or both to get good advice about what you can realistically expect from a pet that you can control that might suit your lifestyle.
1: I think that's a really important um, element right there that actually suits your lifestyle. At the moment, uh, in you've all seen it flooding our, our socials is people buying pets because, oh, well, I'm locked down; It's the perfect time to buy one, which is lovely, uh, except that that pet's going to be very well used to you being there all the time. And when people are hurried back to work and school and, and their humans aren't around... It might cause some challenges for that
0: animal there's people that have suddenly been housebound with this horrible situation we 've been thrown into through no choice of their own, and we 've gone and dragged the pet into our lives. They forgot that they have to feed the dog a cat, which costs them twenty thirty fifty dollars a week. They forgot they have to take their dog to the vet to check up if there's a problem so then all of a sudden they 're faced with a bill which is three thousand dollars to sort that 's the big problem we 're There's another reason why I started Aussie Pets is to try and get in before this avalanche starts. Your little pugs gonna live for 15 years. So you're making a decision for 15 years. If you go and buy yourself a budgie, not so bad. It's gonna be hard to find homes for pugs when they're all, people are going back to work saying, coming back home and finding their chairs all chewed up and the neighbors are going insane because their dog's barking all day, which is my my prediction is that uh, 2021 is gonna be year of the barking dog. You know, when all this, when all the fun and games is over in the lockdown, it's going to be on. Uh, so, you know, people need to know this.
1: What are your thoughts and recommendations around people adopting rescue animals?
0: There's a few warning bells there. People have to work out what they're trying to do. You do realise that when you're rescuing an animal, there's a reason that it may be rescued. Now, it could be as simple as the owner couldn't afford it is because it barked or bit somebody, might have bitten a child. That's the big problem, is forgetting about these things. So when the dogs are going, do something wrong, uh, then they go and get all upset. But hey, wait a sec, you got a rescue dog. You are buying into that dog's life. You are just buying into.
1: Yeah, right. Hmm. Yeah, that's huge. What are the biggest challenges that you face on, and you just sort of mentioned a couple of them, yeah, how are people dealing with those?
0: People deal with things differently. Some people are quite accepting and accepting of their responsibility and their failures. In fact, most people are fairly reasonable. Some of them. Be- so people are unpredictable. I've never had anything worse than a serious injury. You know, these these situations are really nasty. You know, I'd really recommend that people think about what the potential of that dog is going to be and what the outcomes could be too because the outcomes could be um, something you don't want to deal with. People should definitely think about it before they get a dog. What
1: are some of your biggest recommendations on elements that people can put in place to separate choosing and making informed decisions that if they are concerned about their dog attacking themselves or somebody else, what are the, the control measures that you recommend people take?
0: Before something happens, it's always best to look at this, you know, and it's a really good question, Catherine. It's really simple. Muzzle, lead. Those two words, like I said, were knock disasters. The other ones you do have attacks that are on lead and attacks that are, are from a house and the owners are not home. But the ones that are the nasty ones are the ones where they could have been avoided. If it got away from the lead, it's got a muzzle. By, by understanding an animal and the pointy end is the teeth, and limiting the, um, the effects of what those pointy little teeth can do is going to end you up in a really good place in a, in a happy community, happy with you, happy with your pet and happy with yourself.
1: And what about animals that are other than, than dogs? So you mentioned earlier about cats and what are some of the techniques that you would recommend putting in place so that the destruction on Australian natives is lessened?
0: Well, an interesting things happened in, in um, some of the inner city councils. They've got cat curfews. Uh, because cats are a peak predator. A peak predator means nothing eats them. And a peak predator goes out at night hunting, and they've got very good vision at night. And most of our native wildlife, it sleeps. The the main thing you can do with cats, and to make sure your cat lives a happy and long life and doesn't get into other cat fights and infected and injured, and I've seen so many bad ones of them, is simply to confine your cat into a cat run, uh, keep your cat inside your house, train it in a litter tray, not hard to do. To start, when you've got a little kitty cat, the cats are quite happy. Um, and if you want to have them out on a run, there's so many responsible people. You're all awesome, responsible people. I'm talking about you. You guys are great. Yeah, the people have got cat runs where they let their cat out uh, into the outside, but it's got a got a, a cage the cat can run in, so it's not going to go and eat all the little Tweety pies uh, or eat all the lizards or the insects. Big think-
1: number, isn't it? And what about the sort of any laws broken against uh, Australian pets? What are some of the, the, I suppose, things that you see or, or if you, you have seen of people rather than pets uh, doing to our Aussie, Aussie animals?
0: Oh, look, some of the things are horrible. Pretty nasty, some people. Um, nasty in breeding and just like using the dog as a production line or dogs up to 80 to 100 in very small rooms. This smells disgusting. Some people are just not nice. I'm not going to talk about that in detail. Let's just say you wouldn't want your kitties to see it. So that sort of says that there's some people out there who aren't nice. I'm going to bring on um, to have a talk, a few people who are RSPCA inspectors to give us a bit of a perspective on how to avoid and what to do if you do think somebody's doing something wrong. That's what we can do really. And, And what people will do to other people and other animals is is not great. And not and I should point out that humans are one of the peak predators in the world. So sometimes people aren't nice. <laughs> so let's just leave that at that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I love, and I, and I'd be really interested in yeah how you what is the flow on on and what action steps are the right ones to take when you notice uh, these injustices against animals and what what is the correct correct things to do to make sure that it's dealt with and in the right way and they also don't have the option to go and hide the evidence and that sort of thing too like you mentioned before about people hiding dogs so you want to make sure you're getting the correct evidence to the right people.
0: Yeah, absolutely spot on. And, yeah, spot on.
1: And so you've spoken about you bring on lots of people from from many different uh parts of the pet industry. And I think that's going to give people a really broad range of knowledge. What other common themes are you going are people going to hear about within the podcast as well?
0: Uh look, I'm I'm guessing that most of my guests will be saying it's all about education. And my guests are probably going to be using their education knowledge to share with people and say to people, it's only gonna help you and your pet and your life. That, that's gonna be a common theme is education, also humane and uh, respectful ways to deal with animals and to teach animals where they should be in your life. So they understand, uh, like a pecking order in a, in a hen house. Well, you're gonna teach your pets that as well. You can cluck if you want, if I mean, it'd be fun. But um, at the end of the day, instead of just going around clucking, saying, oh, it was terrible, terrible, terrible that happened, we're going to teach you how to do something and be positive people and deal with pets positively so that we can all, all live with pets in Australia.
1: Yeah, beautiful. I think that's that's perfect and it's going to be a great resource. And, and I know, uh, know knowing you as well, it'll also be a lot of fun, a lot of laughs and, and a lot of good engaging content and information shared.
0: Yeah, thanks. Is
1: there is there anything else you would like your listeners to know? Maybe how to contact you? And and just to drop it, because I know that you won't be doing this, is Edwin, as you said, he does pet portraits. He is an incredible pet photographer. He has a beautiful business called shoot my pet and that is just about him shooting as a photo not in any other way because we all have just heard him we love him he would never do that absolutely you see him you want good good photos of your pets he is your man to go and see
0: shootmypet.com.au or edwin at uh, shootmypet.com.au thank you very much Catherine. look that's you're
1: most welcome
0: I think that was your last question, wasn't it? We've sort of smashed it there. You've been absolutely awesome and and it hasn't been as scary as I thought it would be.
1: It's a lot of fun, isn't
0: it? It's (laughs) fun. And look, I think I've got a feeling this is really going to make a difference to some people's lives. Hit wild dynamics, hit Catherine up, WildDynamics.com.au, hit shootmypet.com.au, shootmypet.net. Just go out and ask anybody, go and ask somebody, ask somebody who knows more than you do and make a difference to your life. So I'm going to say thanks a lot, Catherine. That's awesome. We've got four hours overtime. So um, (laughs) I think that my guests are just going to love this. I think we're like over an hour here. I'll probably edit it down to me just um saying intelligent sensible stuff but um yeah I'm going to enjoy this so much. Uh, thank you so much Catherine, for making this really easy. You're absolutely You are
1: most welcome. It's been it's been fun and I know I know it'll just make a a massive difference to everybody that that uh, has the opportunity to listen to it and all the pets that are in their lives as well.
0: That's it. Look after your Aussie pets. See you later. <laughs>